500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone, and for those who came in late, you're listening to Expand, the Phantom Podcast. We're up to episode 90, believe it or not, um, and it's another special interview edition. We're very lucky today to be talking to a publisher of The Phantom. Um, not too many times we get that opportunity, but before we bring him in, um, I should let everybody know, of course, my name's Dan Fraser, and today I am joined by Jermaine Parker. How are you, Jermaine? Pretty good, mate. Um, seeing it's a special, I'm guessing Stephen's not joining us. I will just, uh, no, I'll throw to Stephen now. Stephen? No? No, Stephen? No, no, no Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> Sorry. As it always happens. <laughs> it, it's, it's almost like, uh, when was the last special guest we had where Stephen actually joined us? I can't even remember anymore. It, we're, we're developing. We should know. We should. We should just as make it in writing. Uh, when special guest joins, Stephen may not join the podcast. Old Chronicle Chamber saying. Yes, poor Stephen. We've missed out on some views, but we've got a couple coming up that um, which we won't talk about too much now. But we've got a couple which um, we have to let him join in because uh, one's is one's a personal hero of his, so yeah. we have to let him uh, join that one. Actually, no, <laughs> the last one would have been uh, the King. Uh, yeah, which where you missed, so yeah, yeah I missed it. <laughs> so that was anyway. our last special guest. Yep. Anyway, poor, poor old Stephen. Uh, good on you, Stephen. Whatever it is you're doing, I don't even know why you can't join us tonight, but you can't. So, <laughs> just because the old uh, Chronicle Jam is saying. Anyway, we, we're waffling and now. Um, we really should, uh, we've got him on the line. We should bring him in. Uh, we're joined today, as I said, by a publisher of The Phantom. Um, it's a publisher that probably is not on everybody's radar, but uh, it should be because the, the stuff that they're producing is really good quality. Um, and we featured them on the, the website before and we've talked about them in the podcast. It's the... Lightning Strikes, uh, sorry, Lightning Strike comic books. Uh, publisher Owen McCauley coming all the way from uh, Ireland. How are you, Owen? Hey, how are things? Well, good. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me on. It's great to be here and uh, uh, talk over as well. Um, been listening to the podcast before. First came and introduced to you guys back when we were doing the 80th anniversary and the whole Chronicle Chamber website as well. It's, uh, it's been, no, it's a great resource as well for all the fans. Um, particularly for us over in Dublin, um, because our history with the Phantom would very much go back to the likes of the Evening Herald um, newspaper strips that used to reprint it, and the Sunday Independent, and then we had the Pity Zane film, and we had um, the Phantom 2040 series as well, um, animated, but we didn't have much uh, much more exposure to the character in like recent years, and then um, literally starting out uh, the 80th anniversary, finding you guys uh, was great because it really put us in touch with the um, with the fan base, particularly in Australia, um, mm. which is great because that, that was something that was we didn't um, like we were long time fans of the character and fans of um, comic books in general as well, but we didn't realise how popular um, Phantom actually was in Australia until we um, we introduced to you guys, which is great. Any place where you can find you now. Pockets of fandom like that, it's, uh, it's super. Yeah, mm. for sure. 
Well, I'm um, I'm pleased that uh, we were able to help you out, guy. Help help you out there a little bit. You know, we do what we do because we love it. And uh, if if there's someone who's benefiting from that, then uh, so much the better. Uh, it is unusual to because I think as as Phantom fans, we know that you know it's an American-born character, and we know that he's super popular in Australia and, and Scandinavia and India. Um, don't we don't think about Ireland as being a, a Phantom-loving country too much? Yeah, well, it was kind of dead way it goes, um, particularly with all sorts of media is who we deal with via um, the agent for the King Feature Syndicate. And they represent the Phantom property here in Ireland and the UK. Mm. And going forward, what we've been doing the last while has been dealing with the Phantom for an Irish audience now. Um, hopefully going forward in the future, it would be Ireland and the UK and companies in that. But um, yeah, it's uh, he's definitely there. Uh, we know mostly from, let's say, Defenders of the Earth, um, mm. the animated series, and um, as I said, the Billy Zane film. But it's he's definitely there at the forefront of, of like if you're a hardcore comic book reader. Because we have a huge comic book community in Ireland, and a lot of uh, artists and writers have gone on to work for Marvel and DC. And of course, if you anything. You know, any interest in even just the basics of Superman and Batman, you're going to come across the Phantom because he was very much the template for those characters. And I literally just in, in the office this morning, I was talking to David Williams, um, who's my collaborator as well and editor on the series. And he was just saying, like, we were just saying how, like, it's bizarre how, uh, with regards to recognition, and um, like Lee Falk and the Phantom just does not seem mm. to be up there, you know, with what he really deserves. I even seen just this morning on Facebook, like a signed, uh, like a typed Lee Falk script with, you know, original sketch and all. And like, for the amount was being offered, like if that was anything to do with, you know, any of the other characters, he'd be almost a second mortgage in someone's home. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it puggles the mind, you know, in some cases how fandom, um, you know, just operates. And like we owe so much to the character. Mm. Um, with all the other characters that are out there at the moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So would your comic industry be more heavily influenced by the UK market or by the uh, US market? Well, actually, it's a very good point. What I often say is where we're situated, we're between the US and the UK, so I think it's a nice mm. blend of both. And we're also, also okay. in Europe, so we have the European comic influence as well. So with regards so the best to the of book, everything. Yeah, pretty much. It's a good melting pot. Like, definitely, like, I know people who have done a lot of work for 2000 AD, and as you know, in the 80s, the US really drew a lot of the UK creative team. You had, like, Alan Grant, Alan Moore, um, you know, a lot of the Judge Dredd guys are being yep. brought over to DC, like Dave Gibbons and David Lloyd. A lot of them managed to find work and popularity in the US as well from the UK. So, um, with Ireland, what we've noticed is um, there's great, like, a lot of good conventions we have like Dublin Comic Con which would be like one of the biggest shows and that's catered about like the hardcore comic fans but also to you know the cosplayers and just the general hobbyists who have an interest in comic book culture but we used to have a show as well um, called Dice um, which was operated by the Big Bang Comics out in Dungeon and they used to bring over a lot of editorial like editors from big labels to do portfolio reviews and you know a lot of people like Will Sliney, for example, who does um, a lot of the Marvel stuff as well, I, he does like uh, Spider-Man 2099 for Marvel. Like he was able to network and stuff for his series and his work via these shows. So a lot of them in recent years, I've noticed migrate over to, no, not physically, but they, they a lot of the work migrates over to the US and um, for the bigger publishers, you know. Mm. 
That's it's, that's fascinating, and we've already delved into probably more than uh, Jermaine and I were expecting to find out about um, <laughs> Irish <laughs> Irish comic history and that sort of thing. As a, as a phantom based, uh, I guess, podcast, and, and with our listeners, um, we you've already mentioned the 80th anniversary Tales of the Ghost Who Walks uh, comic book that you guys brought out in 2016. Um, yep. The Scarlet Sapphire is the second Phantom comic book which you guys brought out in 2017. Now, I did I did give Owen a heads up. We were going to ask him this straight up because it's the question that is on every Australian fan's lists. Uh, lips, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm getting excited. <laughs> um, Jermaine and I are lucky enough to have read a PDF copy of the Scarlet Sapphire, but we constantly getting asked, and I'm sure you are too, um, by Australian fans, where is the comic book and when can these fans read it? Because it's been out for six or seven months now it's been published and yeah, still yeah. hasn't quite it's, got to Australia. So yeah, um, It's chucked through now in the last while, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, to, to just like that, first off, I've really got to send like a heartfelt thanks and apologies to uh, Rennie White as well, um, who was uh, helping to bring over the, the books to Australia. And he supported the 80th anniversary as well. And like he's an absolute gent and he's been very supportive, very kind, extremely patient with it. And what essentially happened was the last time we sent books, um, originally we didn't anticipate international orders um, for the 80th anniversary because that was actually a... The 80th anniversary book that we did, we intended that to be solely a con exclusive, sold exclusively at Dublin Comic Con. And it was actually when uh, Rennie contacted us and we spoke, we, I referred back to King Features, we got permission that we sent it. And I believe we sent that separate from the publisher, uh, the printer, because we print over in the UK with specialist uh, printing called um, uh, UK Comics Creative Limited. And so we sent that and there was a slight delay, but wasn't anything too significant. It went by DHL. Uh, this time, what we did was we had the main launch event, um, which we did like an open launch event gallery in Dublin City. And we put some stuff up there on Facebook back during the launch. And we um, offered people the opportunity if they wanted to get some of the posters and prints that we hung up in the wall, as well as you now order the books. And so this is our first time shipping the books ourselves um, over. Mm-hmm. to Australia, um, which we we had done before in a smaller package because sometimes Rennie would order an autographed one. And when we sent it over, um, things went AWOL. And we contacted, like, on post, and I usually send things by tracker post. And th- this is where it just got so bizarre. In Australia and Canada, they highlighted as the two countries, the customs are very strict that anything can get stopped, even a letter. So when we sent it over, so we sent the, the package over, and what happened was particularly the prints um, that we sent over, uh, which people were able to order through some of the fan Facebook pages separately, they got held up, and the, no tracking information in Ireland was coming up for it. Um, but we have the code, but it wouldn't show. And uh, on Australia, I sent the tracker to Rennie, because I assumed Australia then would be able to follow the tracker, and they weren't able to provide it either. And so... Feedback to us then was I would call up on Post, which is the Irish Postal Service, and uh, they essentially said you've got to fill in, I think the form's called an M28, to deal with customs in order to relocate. Um, and they said there's no more information that would be you know, passed until this form process does. So it just got lost in the bureaucracy. So what I've since done, we had a couple of issues as well with other countries um, shipping, but we managed to resolve a lot of them at the moment. Um, we have one guy... Um, I think it's Howard in America, if yep. he's listening. Hello. Yep. Um, yes. We're going to send, 
and we have his copies. And what happened with his situation there was we he had there was a storm I think over where he was living, and there was a storm at the time. And when when that was over, there was a storm over, and all we had like our first uh, hurricane storm, which the whole country went to a standstill. Thankfully, it didn't cause any infrastructure issues, but um, it seemed to cause some delays along the way. Um, so that was just bad luck, and we we're resending him his copies as well. But with the Australians, then what happened was it's just something that got lost in bureaucracy. So I faced to do was I've um, I'm reproducing some of the content as well. I've managed to uh, secure some of the original stuff as well. I think I managed to secure all the, the signed copies I managed to get by the artist Rob Carey as well for Australia, but also ordered the signed copies. And um, I literally have cartons and envelopes here now, and I have a courier coming in on Monday to um, send out. So today's date is the 3rd of February. So by hook or by crook, I'm going to get the, even if I have to get onto a plane myself at this stage, I'm going to get these books over there. But what we've done is um, we traditionally are just like printers and publishers, and we're also an, very much an indie publisher, which means we're, you know, an indie publisher is usually recognized a publisher that has, you know, less than a million in assets and is prints a lot of the material themselves and are very small press. So we're very much used to going to shows and traveling to shows and physically bringing the books with us and not so much with distribution. So we, the distribution infrastructure we're very much developing ourselves at the moment. Um, but what we have done and is exciting, and we can talk a bit about it later on as well, is we actually have got a first international publication and translation of Scarlet Sapphire happening this year. So oh. we've, so someone's actually buying it and printing a DOF version for the country. So going forward, to save my own stress levels and, and to accommodate the fans more, if we can do more where I'm able to um, sell the PDF to publishers, pre-existing publishers, um, or even just have, uh, locate um, local printers that will be able to print and distribute um, 100%. I'm going to try and entertain more of that. But that said, nice. a lot of the shops, um, Big Bang Comics in Dundrum and Dublin City Comics, who I really have to give a huge shout out to the guys at Dublin City Comics, being staunch supporters from the beginning, um, have helped st- stock the book here in Dublin as well and have also very kindly, if anyone wants to order internationally, they can contact either Dublin City Comics or Big Bang Comics, and they've been able to post and send out copies as well to um, international orders. So going forward, I might just not handle direct international distribution, but guys can still do it, either uh, by contacting us to see if they can push the PDF or if, they, if they're a publisher, and we can do that via King Features and the representatives, or they can contact either the retailers here in Dublin and uh, purchase their copies that way. And mm. um, because again, shops for us, myself and Dave, as outside of Light and Strike Comics, and um, we work with Pulse College, which is a video game and animation college. And what we do is a lot of our nine to five job is very much academic, and uh, we're doing like full time classes. So we haven't got as much hands on uh, with setting up a distribution network. Publishing and content wise, we have down to a T. Um, distribution is something we're, gonna, we're currently growing at the moment. But um, if any interested uh, distributors are listening into this and would like to know more, like we're happy for someone to come up and lend us a hand with their expertise, you know, um, and provide good product to them as well. Um, so yeah, that's the situation. So the main thing is, I also went on record as well on, on Facebook and just say like I'm giving my personal guarantee for all these um, comics uh, to find a way. So if you have ordered in a, co- a copy. You don't have to worry about it never paying. It will get there. And we've had a, a few lay people as well, contact us who got their copies late, but have eventually got to them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunately just the nature of the business. And it's mm. something as well as a fan I've experienced, you know, uh, the frustrations, particularly when you order something through the U.S. comics or diamonds, you know, sometimes it might be 
um, you know, cancelled or, or, or what's the other word, reallocated, you know, resubmitted another date and stuff. So it's just, um, it's the first time I'm experiencing it though on this side of the table, you know, as the publisher. And, and I'm finally, and suddenly like all my nearby rants of, you know, a, a, you know, a, a book being late, I'm suddenly saying, okay, now I understand the situation. But, um, but um, yeah, I can I can like one hundred percent guarantee to everyone like not to panic. You'll get there. And trust me, I, I would like to think it is. <laughs> I know yeah. it was a very long way. I like to assure everyone that it is hopefully going to be worth the wait for them as well to um to, to see it because I think we really struck um with the Scarlet Sapphire which we did as a, a standalone commercial entity. I really think we struck a a good quality with the book. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, as um, as someone who, because you you were sending me a bunch of the prints, and I was going to um, pass them around to people here in Australia, and so I yeah. hope that those people are listening to this and uh, realizing that I didn't collect, didn't get the uh, the prints, and I'm not just sitting on them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and actually, let me just say, with regards to the prints, um, some will be reissued. I'm going to see I get as much of them signed as I possibly can for you guys as well. And if I have some extra bonus material, because we used to have invites to the to the gala night. Um, I used to do a special invitation, which I printed off as a parchment with the Phantom Science oh, yeah. and uh, stuff like that, badges and postcards. I'm going to include that into the packages. So it'll be extra stuff for anyone who ordered stuff as a way as an apology as well. As much goodies <laughs> as I can, I'm going to cram into that. So. Oh, good on you. No, that's, that's very good. And Thank I, you. I hope the whole thing hasn't uh, cost you, because you've talked about uh, reproducing and reprinting. That's what I, hasn't, I hope it uh, hasn't cost you guys too much and, and set the company back at all. Well, well, a cost would be incurred in things like this, but I, I will be following through with on post and the paperwork and stuff, and I'm sure something there are measures for this to be um, reimbursement for those who are sure. fault. So I'm sure I can resolve that. And again, as I said, to, as I say to a lot of fans, we have one guy as well in India who ordered in some copies. So I say like, it is just life in general, and it's a learning experience for all. And unfortunately, like the Phantom fandom seem to be more the generous and you know respectful and patient one that's out yep. there as well you know and um, so which is which is great so it's at the end of the day there's a real sense of community particularly in australia and yeah now it's great it's a pleasure to be doing business from my end um with you guys and you know everyone seems to understand that and sure like as a publisher we want to get the books out there so we have nothing to gain <laughs> yeah, of course. so so and so, um, it's just it's just trying to figure out the the resolution and the best way to yeah. do it and um we know going forward like i probably use private um ship because some people i promise to send stuff via dhl app but then sometimes that would cost too much for the quantity that's going out yeah. um but we figure out we will get there in the end and it's all you know it's a learning experience and for this is book one it's better to do it all at the start, yes. as I say yeah. to the students, it's better to make the mistake and learn rather than having to panic, you know, and, uh, you know, just learn from your mistakes going forward. Mm. No, that's good. Mm. I think um, I think one of the reasons why Australians are generally uh, are patient and, and stuff like what you're talking about is probably because we're used to getting the raw end in Australia <laughs> and uh, as Phantom fans as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. So, um yeah, thank you for answering a lot of those questions and, and being honest with us regarding that. I'm sure every Phantom fan who has either ordered through you or uh, pre-ordered through Phantom's Vault mm. is very excited about that. Um, so, yeah, so thanks for giving us about that. So, yeah, no problem. I guess that's out of the way. Let's get on to some more exciting stuff, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to ask, actually, Owen, you, the way you talked right at the start there about, um, you know, the Phantom being the first uh, comic strip hero and the, the respect that you showed for the character there, I mean, it's obvious that you personally are a fan. Um, as I said before, it's, it's, 
it's it's not common over in Ireland. What, what how did you become a fan, and um, you know what brought you into the fandom world? Yeah, so for, for me, um, with the character, I think it was the uh, animated series in the nineties, uh, the Future Phantom Twenty Forty, that introduced me yeah. um, to the to the character, and like I, I remember, staunchly remember watching that, um, and it was really interesting because you found out much later that the Marvel comic version of it was illustrated by Steve Ditko from Marvel at one stage. Yep. And that was fascinating because he had the big falling out with um, Stan Lee and Marvel, and he still went back in like the 90s and did that. So that was real interesting. I found that out much later. And now going back and looking at some of the repeats, you see, you do see like a Ditko-esque style to it, because um, the Phantom seems to be a lot more, as far as lanky than he would be in most interpretations in that version. Mm. Um, but then it was also the Billy Zane film, Mm. Um, was also a, a real good family, you know, uh, favorite. I remember watching that um, and being really entertained. And then uh, following from that, it's just like a, just a hunger to find out more from the character. So there used to be, you know, back issues um, in Ireland. There were some shops that dealt with them. There used to be shops in um, Crow Street and Temple Bar that used to do it. The guys in Dublin City Comics now have back issues in the second shop now on Cable Street. And we used so to go what down. back issues would they be? Um, for us, sometimes it would be um, Defenders of the Air would be some of the early ones because again we get mostly American uh, okay. um, uh, like Marvel based ones, and also we used to run some of the uh, newspaper strips, mm. um, and uh, some of the news. I think the Even Herald used to run them, and in particular in the uh, I think it was the Irish Independent and Even Herald. And what's interesting is that unfortunately they're no longer being run as newspaper strips here. But this Spider-Man newspaper strip is still being run here, and that was that was quite interesting because Alex Saviuk, who you guys might, yes. I think I'm pronouncing his, hopefully I'm pronouncing, sorry Alex, I hope you're pronouncing your name correctly. He um he also has a strong connection to the Phantom, and he illustrates the mm. Spider-Man strip, and hopefully yes. we'll be collaborating with Alex in the near future as well ah, on, okay. a, on so, a future project. So nice. So, so um, just just sorry, just for the record, uh, it was the Evening Herald. The yep. Irish Independent, which did dailies from yep. 1963 to 1969, and the Sunday Independent, which did the Sundays from 1948 to 1971. Yep, that's the one. And we find a lot of these. I used to do work experience in Ireland, the National Library, and like these newspapers would be an archive. And now it's so much easier because the daily strips are available um, online now. So every day mm. I'm able to get the daily mm. strips um, and and follow that. Um, yep. quite easily so which was great and it was really what really kicked it up a ramp was for me I was sitting down at the how the 80th anniversary came about was I was sitting around one day and I was thinking to myself um, what uh, I want to do something for the 80th anniversary for Dublin Comic Con uh, so, so I want to do something for the uh, Dublin Comic Con that year not the 80th anniversary what am I saying uh, I wanted to do something and it turned out to coincide with the 80th anniversary of the character but I didn't realise that but the previous year this is I think it was must have been in 2015, we had done The Life and Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Ah, and yeah. what, happened was, what happened was, my company, Light and Strike, was very much an indie publisher, and we used to do indie IPs. So what we published was, we owned none of the content that we published. We just, uh, the company was benefiting from profit of sales of the book after, you know, the creators. If we made much past, we made, we basically recouped costs, and anything that went into profit then was shared with the creators. And if the creators wanted to take their own IP, 
and do anything else with it they were fully entitled to. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very much just an indie-based project. Um, but I wanted to see what it'd be like if we used a licensed property, and we were very much collaborating with Dublin Comic Con quite a bit. So I contacted the Articon Dial Estate and the license holders for the series, and suddenly I was able to do, you know, I was able to do Sherlock Holmes, and that was our first example of a licensed property. Mm. And then the following year, then I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could do, you know, a DC, uh, you know, a, a Marvel, or uh, some known superhero? And what happened was, along my way, along my travels, I discovered um, King Feature Syndicate, um, and I, I made contact with them with regards to the Phantom. Because I, again, I remember the Phantom from the animated series. I remember from Defenders of the Earth, from the from the reprint comics um, from the 90s as well. I, th- I think it was the 90s, the 80s. For I would have got them as um, you know secondhand comics anyway for definite. But I remember, I just remember the character and the fondness for him. And wanting to know more, so they put me in contact with all sorts of media in the UK, um, who we then discussed the possibility of doing something for the Phantom's 80th anniversary. So what happened then? That really kicked it up a notch, and then suddenly I just went, you know, anything that was Phantom related, just kind of went looking for more information. And uh, what was really interesting was I went to the local comic shop, Dublin City Comics, and said, "Order me in from the Diamond catalog." the latest phantom stuff that's there and at the time he could only find one phantom comic available which was um i think it was a dynamite comic yeah and i think it was the one with i don't think it was king's watch but it was a spin-off possibly from it yeah. where lotar is the phantom yes. yeah king or something i think it was i think it was yeah. king yeah yeah that's one. and i remember reading it, i was like uh, and even the cover was very you know Bland. It was just Lothar sitting on like the on the throne. I was just like, for for looking to see what was happening to me, just to find like more recent modern comics. They just seemed a bit, you know, uh, bland. So I just wanted something to compare to. So we dug in tomorrow, and then we found contact with you guys. And I used to speak with fans online, and I really just like anything that was available, the wikis and so on and so forth, and just really delve into the the mythology. And um, like for example. What I was never fully aware of until we started the 80th anniversary was about never um, presenting the Phantom's face without a mask or being covered up or something. So that was something that we weren't as aware of. And some of the people who were working on it, they only knew it from the... It was so funny when we did the opening call for the Phantom 80th anniversary. Uh, so many people just knew it from the movie. It was evident in the pictures I was getting because I got so many magic ring references and lasers. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad you didn't go down that path. <laughs> yeah, no, a, a couple of things came up and I was got, but I was very much like, for us, we're more, let's like say, I'll be more familiar with Judge Dredd than they would be the Phantom. So I was mm. able to say that, like, think Judge Dredd reels then when portraying the Phantom on screen, you know, in, in the comic, like, make sure the face is covered or if you have it off, make sure it's obscured, which I think Rob Carey did a nice touch off in Scarlet Sapphire when it's the scene with him and Diana and you just see the shadowing and yes uh, yes I thought yeah, he so, did that very well actually cheers thanks so much so yeah Kerry really um yeah he really did some of his best work in this book you know and uh, uh in Scarlet Sapphire illustri- illustration wise and it was yeah it's pretty super and um it's just good and now I feel it was funny I think the person who maintains the Phantom Wiki page contacted us um, to get some information on Scarlet Sapphire to update the page. And I was just looking and listed as a publisher in Ireland. It was really super because it had like um, Lightning Strike listed as as the publisher of the Phantom in Ireland, which is great. And then it had, they counted all the individual stories 
in the 80th anniversary, which is such a short anthology plus got a sapphire. And when all of a sudden done, I think it clocks up as like eight stories. And yeah. it, it's just great. <laughs> It's just great to say, all right, fair enough, because we feel like we have like a very modest catalogue now, and we're just putting a refining our stride with the character, and it's uh, from again just making that leap from like indie publishing to a licensed property. It's uh, you know, it's it's just it's really exciting. We get good buzz out of it, you know, and also to feel like we're contributing to um, this great legacy. Mm. And what's great as well is the Avon books that are being reprinted by Hermes as well, being a great asset to be able to get in, like the story of the Phantom, mm. very much proved to be a a reference Bible for Scarlet Sapphire. And uh, I believe it's also being used in the same way for Kid Phantom. Yes, yeah. Great yeah. series, no? Yeah, yeah no, it's, um, the Avon novels have always been, um, uh, have always been a favourite. They the thing that I like about the Avon novels is that they delve more into the character than what you could possibly see as uh, in a comic. So yeah. it's um it's interesting to hear you say exactly the mm. same as what Andrew and uh, Paul have said regarding their kid fandom. So um yeah so no that's good. Um I believe you have done uh, other King features uh, characters as well since. Is that correct? Oh yeah, it's true. We for I think it was actually again another 80th anniversary popped up. We got in this email and it was from all sorts of media and it was to do with Prince Valiant. Yeah. And it was Roy Foster's Prince Valiant and I was like, oh super. And um, again, it was a character that we were vaguely familiar with, but not as um, as well read up on. And um, I think I seen the uh, the really old film from the 50s with Robert Ragnar in it as well. Um, and then with this character, how much we got a small essay and some artwork um, sent to us, and we were saying like if you wanted to post this on our website and all. And I was saying, well, we don't use much in the way of a website. We're actually tweaking our website to be a landing page to redirect you to our social media, and we're going to be kicking things up uh, a notch social media wise in the next while. But um, with Prince Van, I was like, well, rather than just post it online, I said I could take this artwork and the essay and I could make it into a 80th anniversary booklet. And uh, it's just a short little booklet. So we'd hand it out for people, you know, when we're going to shows and all. And at the time we had an intern walking with us uh, with Lightning Strike um, called David Hanley. He was just completing his his uh, college course and part of it was he had to go get work experience. So we took him on for a couple of months and he, he gave him that project so he would have his first like, published kind of work. Um, as well, so he's leaving with both. He both graduated, got his degree, and was able to say, "Hey, I worked on a King Features Prince Valiant project," you know, which was a, uh, mm. which was great, and that was super because again, it introduced to another fandom, and it's a character again I'd love to um, return to also. And um, we also had some really positive talks in the last while with um, again all sorts of media about prom- uh, approaching King Features about doing some more of their catalog characters. Because there's one or two that I'm really, you know, eager. Actually, there's three that springs to mind that really I want to kind of get my hands on to, you know, and not just adapt it for comic books, but we're looking, because again, we, myself and David, we work at Pulse College, which is an animation college as well. Like, we're looking at adapting some of the stuff mm. in both video game format and um, animation, so. Mm. That's interesting because um, you've mentioned Kid Phantom. Uh, Dr. Paul Mason is also uh, a teacher in an animation film school. So uh, interesting. You know what's so gas is? I think the college that he works for is called Griffith. 
That's right. Yes. And there's a Griffith College over here in Ireland as well that we were partners with. I'm just like, it's so weird. It's almost like <laughs> it's like you know, we're Australian Irish counterparts. Yeah. <laughs> well, Australia and Ireland have got a, a a very good relationship, and I, I think because a lot of it was, you know, um, half of you guys ended over here, you know, back <laughs> yeah. in the days. Yep. Um, you know, our our, our favourite sport is Australian rules, which has a heavy influence with your Gaelic football. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so there's uh, there's definitely a, a, a great relationship and a great connection, I guess, between um, uh, your countrymen and our countrymen. are almost like cousins. Yeah, That's it really right. is. Um, we, we usually get that as well. Like, um, we were over in New York a couple of times, and there's a big Irish um, presence there as well. And, again, it's just... Mm. Um, just high uh, emigration levels, particularly John. Um, there's like, like centuries ago, it was like this huge because the you know English col- colonization, the Irish uh, ten classes, you know, there's a potato famine, and it just basically, which is what the lower classes basically had to live off, and this led to high immigration. So I think Ireland at one stage had a population of 17 million, and now at the moment, our population I think is like four to seven million. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Everybody left town. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we kind of talked about that. What? Well, I actually wanted to ask um, Owen. You, you've said there a couple of times that you're an indie company, and and we we're getting a picture of you know the fact that the, that yourself and David have, have got full time jobs, and and lightning strike isn't your full time job. You know, it gives I think everybody a bit, a bit of an indication as to the size of the company there. And yeah, it does. Give you perspective. The way it goes is. Um, what happened was I set up a consultancy for myself, Kamakali Consultancy, in which I both teach, offer business advice for people in the creative industry, had lunch at Comics, a comic book publisher, and then I came to work with Pulse College, and I was still very much a, you know, just this consultancy, and um, this gave me an incubation office, and the last few years now I've kind of um, come more full-time now with the college here as part of the faculty. Um, but we've very much grown the company and the fact that like um, we able to take on interns at times we've employed people we take on freelancers it's um, so yeah it's 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 a very much a, a company that you know it, it, it grow is grown year by year we're definitely seeing a certain amount of growth it's mm. just uh, at the moment it's registered as um, if you guys had the term sole trader so it's yeah. down as like one individual but we're in the process of to deal with the growth we're looking at actually establishing as a limited company so we're able to take on more functions as a like full-time uh, publisher because what we would like to do is particularly with Scala Sapphire we've been trying to match industry standard rates for payment and page rates we're trying to um, improve our distribution as we've mentioned yeah. uh, so it's very much um we're growing bit by bit and that's a come the projects that we have lined up, I think, are going to be quite significant for the industry here, and um, we like to, um, you know, we like to really hang our hat off and be able to have people to rec- basically legitimise what it is that we're doing and have people recognise as a fully fledged, you know, um, publishing company. Mm. Oh, so that's, are, that's exciting. Yeah, that's so. Are all of your artists and writers? I mean, assuming are like freelancers and all of your editing teams, like David and writers yeah. and all that. Yeah, everyone is basically a freelance and collaborative process. It's something that was very much in the DNA of the company because how Lightning Strike actually began overall was um, we set it up when I was 19 
and I had the idea for basically I was trying to look for part-time work and no one was hiring and it was the summer when you know the big banking crisis happened and the IMF was coming into Ireland and no one was hiring anything so a lot me and a lot of my friends we were all you know in between jobs I was still in college couldn't get anything so I said how about we all have this skill set why don't we just come together and make this comic book and so mm. we made an anthology book called Lightning Strike Presents and it really so it responded really well with people and it was made so cheaply we literally printed it on A3 paper folded it and like single stitch staple but it literally sold and what happened was it sold so well that we were able to go back and get like a good high glass spine book made and it was like 72 pages so it was like a good decent size as well yeah. and from then it, it just kind of it, it grew and grew so that essentially everything that we've done we kept that dna as of it's a constant rotation like people can come and go as they wish if they if they find work elsewhere that's fine and it's um it, it what we're all about is it's not about any one individual it's about the brand the name and the label and that's what we're trying to promote so um Ideally, when when people think of Lightning Strike, they're thinking of that kind of that brand, that group, and mm. it's something that will you know constantly rotate. But it's out that quality is always going to be assured by it. Yeah. Mm. So are all those people that you started with are they still helping you, still around, or have some yeah, of well, them gone on to work for other companies? Well, at the moment we have a couple of people like uh, Rob, Robert Carey was actually is his idea who illustrated Sky Sapphire to actually do it. I had the idea for a comic book label. He had the idea for the anthology, and he's currently um, working with Boulder Animation here in Ireland, which um, was just brought over by Hasbro as well. He's doing storyboarding, so he's uh, and he's also recently done a Batman Shadow uh, cover for Dynamite as well. Um, so he's been there from the beginning. Um, Keon Marcantonio, who was also an editor on the anthology series, he's also set up a new project with um, Wayne Talbot um, called Rogue Comics, which is very much, um, again, uh, like Lightning Strike, uh, a community-driven enterprise as well. And um, everyone else, like Cormac Hughes, was with us from the very beginning. He also uh, did the, um, re, re, uh, I suppose, the reinterpretation of the Sunday strip of the Phantom's origin that's seen in the inside cover of Scarlet Sapphire. So he's yep. very much in touch with us. Um, and yeah, everyone else at some stage, like it's everyone's just a, a call away and we're always talking about collaborations and um, seeing where, what we can do and, and when we can do it. Nice. So are you doing any other um, comics apart from the Phantom um, just to talk about your company a little bit longer? Oh yeah, um, so uh, at the moment uh, we're very much, I was speaking with Dave as well, we're focusing in on establishing the, uh, ourselves with the brand with the Phantom this year, but we have a couple of other projects that we're hoping to explore next year, um, again, additional King feature characters, but at the same time I have my own personal project that I've, uh, I won a grant award for a couple of, um, I think it was about two years ago, and I'm just trying to get it established and it's um, called uh, The Adventures of William Lamport and William Lamport was basically the Irish character who uh, was the inspiration for the character known as Zorro. Oh, okay. um, yeah, he was actually based on a, a real life um, Irish, uh, I suppose, pirate as far as be one way class him, but if you've never <laughs> heard of the character before, um, just definitely, I recommend <laughs> um, after this interview, look up William Lamport and his life is some adventure, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's incredible. Um, and so I'm hoping to adapt that into what I want to do is make it a single graphic novel. But at the same time, I'm trying to avoid running a true lightning strike at the minute because 
I I think I don't want people to see it just as you know I've written the team song, sang the team song. So I think if I produce it, I would like another publisher to maybe um, run the story. Yeah. Um, but if not, that could be something that's definitely on the uh, uh, Lightning Str- uh, Strike Press. And also, we're going to be importing some books as well um, oh, okay. and doing distribution. And one of them actually is, I was speaking with Rennie with before, and we hope we're going to proceed with it, will be I'm going to import some uh, Kid Phantom books and so I can offer distribution to the Irish shops here, the UK oh, shops. Oh, wow. And uh, it does help uh, get across Europe a little bit more. So that's something that I've spoken with Rennie before. And so... Yeah, hopefully we have that in our cards for 2018 as well. Yeah, cool. Well, wow, that's very exciting. So a couple of things there that I sort of to, to tie together. As an indie company, and you've said there before that um, you have mostly, well, you started with your own um, products and uh, your own um, stories and that sort of thing, but then the, the Phantom and, and Sherlock Holmes before that, but the Phantom's where you've first really gone into the licensing side of things how have you found it sounds like you've 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 found dealing with king features um really successful so far yeah so far so good it's really good it's um although i'll say this much it's expensive though (laughs) 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 it's good because we're so used to um making it because we're used for indie creators before and they, they own the ip i'm used so much to okay what's your story who's illustrating it and how much it's going to cost the print. And now we're paying money before we even get to that stage. You've got to pay yeah. the license. So that's something that's very much we're, we're, we're yeah. adapted to. But I have to say, King Features have been very accommodating and very professional, providing great feedback. And it's really thanks to all sorts of media with John McInerney over in the UK. Um, he, again, has been extremely patient and accommodating and um, he's been a great asset, you know, and a great advice um, for us going forward. So hopefully it's the start of a, you know, a, a very uh, a professional relationship with great longevity, you know. And even just John was over for a business meeting um, with some of his other clients there, I think just before Christmas, and he popped in um, to the office um, here in Pulse to speak with me and Dave. And... He was just saying, you know, it's from, what's that expression, from small acorns come mighty oaks, you know, yeah. so hopefully that's very much what we're um, basing ourselves on now at the moment. So, yeah, I have to say King Features have been really good, and I've, and to be honest, I've approached, as well as Phantom, I've approached other companies about their properties and IPs and what other ideas that we have, and in um, some cases, they some cases they just don't reply or, you know, um, there's, there's a few other issues there, they misinterpret stuff. But I can safely say I've had none of those issues with either all sorts of king features. So I mm. highly recommend well, that's, that's very encouraging to hear. Mm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, uh, Dan, you got any more questions about the company? We won't get on to the comics. Oh, look, I, I'm um, <laughs> chomping on the bit at the moment because you, you've said a few times <laughs> about, um, <laughs> you know, you, you're pegging this year on the Phantom. You, you've mentioned that uh, the new publications that you have in the future, uh, you, you've dropped a few little hints there and we've tried very hard to, to hold up on that. But I think <laughs> I think we both need to know what's going on, what's coming from, um, from Lightning Strike uh, and the Phantom in 2018. Okay, so... For 2018, uh, so far, everyone would have known us now from the 80th anniversary, and the 80th anniversary book featured uh, never-before-published um, authors and illustrators, so everything you see in our first time, and that was very much in DNA with what Light and Strike had established as an indie publisher. 
Um, last year then, Evan seen Scarlet Sapphire, which we had Stephen Mooney, who again has his great series, Half Past Danger, IDW. He has done Grayson for DC Comics, and he has an upcoming Dead Hand with um, Image Comics as well. He illustrated the cover and wrote the script, and uh, was illustrated by Robert Carey and uh, coloured by Trina Farrell and lettered by Robin Jones. And it was just, that was the most, I feel, professional to date product that we've ever made and that's what we've set the standard for ourselves going forward so we've really ramped up a level so going into 2018 what we're going to do is we have signed the contract we're finalizing all the last um, final details and we'll be producing a mini series which we hope will launch us into an ongoing series even if it's like a quarterly ongoing series every year and I suppose miniseries is one way of putting it. I suppose quarterly ongoing series is really probably the best way to describe it. And it's going to be four issues uh, of The Phantom. And it's going to feature new stories, connecting stories. Um, and we have plans so far. And what I'm going to discuss with you now, um, from now until publication, may change, may not. But um, hopefully David, who wasn't free now at the moment for this interview, uh, he's in class now at the moment, um, but he will hopefully um, be able to touch base with you guys close to the publication time and be able to fill you in on um, you know the f- more fuller details. So what we, I can say to you now so far, what we've done is we have approached Alex Saviuk, who has um, has a great history with the Phantom as well, mm. yep. Yep. Um, to much. illustrate one of the four issues. And included, and that would be written by um, David Williams, who and Dave will also be editor on the series. We've approached Mike Collins, um, who you might know, who's illustrated some of the Scandinavian phantom stories. He worked with us on Sherlock as well. Um, he does the storyboarding for Doctor Who and Sherlock for the BBC as well. Oh, so wow. he, has, he has a great connection with the phantom. And I've approached him and he's really interested. And he's mentioned to me a colleague who he's mentioned the colleague and everything, but I'm not sure if he actually mentioned his name. So forgive so forgive me, but he might be collaborating with one of his guys and they'd be from Scandinavia. Um so that would be one issue. We're also having um Ushin Roach we've approached. <laughs> That's a rhyme. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he, he's uh, illustrated some of our covers in the past and he does these amazing like almost oil painting like murals for covers and he would be do- and I, I said to him you know what you remember the old gold key comics yeah yeah yeah, yeah I was saying to him like I would, wouldn't mind like a cover like that kind of style and so oh, we have Bushy and Roach who might be doing that and Bushy and I we had spoke to him about the idea and he had a great idea of we're actually thinking of making a physical phantom costume and getting a model and to model for the covers and doing it really oh, old school. and if we do that we're going to do like some behind the scene like footage and share that with you guys across awesome. our social media yeah um, definitely and then um, also well, i'm also floating around the idea as well and i was saying today is that at the end of each issue we're going to have a maybe i think we're contracted for 24 pages an issue so what I would like to do is in the final two pages to have um, basically a two-page vignette where we can do like a, a little short story mm-hmm. um, with the Phantom. And that might, is that like might a prose that. story? Um, not so much a prose. It would be, again, two-page sequential story. Um, so it would be illustrated and written. But we will okay. give it to 
Con lot we did with the 80th anniversary, those who have never been published before and again help keep with our DNA as a publisher, lightning strike, you know, of indie, yeah. try and give someone the first, you know, exposure and experience of walking on a licensed property. Oh, okay. So awesome. I, I would like to do that. So just the end. So and it might introduce my thinking is as well, it would help to introduce the audience to something they might have never thought of mm. um approaching before. So let's say you you're into the Phantom, you want to read this Phantom comic, and then at the end you might read a Phantom story that's not so traditional in the Phantom style, but yeah. you might like it because it's something new and it's a way of introducing someone to something new and different styles and different forms. So um, Yeah, no, you I like that, that idea. Yeah. And and like you said, that's very um it's your DNA, so yeah. it's it's it's, it's uh, you know it's encouraging that you know while you may have you know moved up in the world, you're still keeping true to your roots and your beginning and stuff like that. So I, I like that idea. Yeah, yes, yeah, so cheers, and and that's that's pretty much what we have planned uh, in as so far. So as I mentioned, what I hope to do is get some copies of Kid Phantom over here as well. And if I go on according, the plan would be to have, you know, release Kid Phantom to the Irish audience here. Um, and then following that, have maybe two months later, have our, our own content then. Mm. Have to start the, the new uh, quarterly series. Oh, and then after that, yeah. back to Kid Phantom, then back to us again. So we'll have that kind of, it won't mm. be monthly content, but it'll be very much, we're, mm. we're trying to increase our content production, you know, a bit very by regular. bit. So that's... Yeah, that's it. And I think frequency is important with the readership, particularly in modern readership today. So, um, as I said, yes. we have two, uh, more or less the guts of two stories planned out. I have Dave has um, two scripts, two script ideas. Um, and also we will have, um, I was approached by another artist as well, who um, has been illustrating The Phantom from in Scandinavia from 1975. And he was interested in something. So hopefully, I'm still in early talks with this gentleman, but um, we might have another member to the team soon enough. And um, we'll see from then. So we have the whole year basically to produce this. And um, we ha we've been talking about it. We spent the guts of a couple of the last few months of 2017 discussing what we were going to do as well. And so it's very much plan in action now and we're literally kicking off production ASAP as we can. Wow. Oh, that's wow. excellent. Wow. So, wow, so, so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, um, I was actually, I've been talking to Alex and so he he, um, he kind of mentioned that he's got a few little uh, deadlines coming up and stuff like that. So um, it all kind of makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah. Well, can I can uh, I you, you yeah, mentioned their mini series and and a couple of stories and whatever. Do you see this as being um your do, is the lightning strike phantom going to be is is there a story arc that they're traveling that he's traveling on or, or that you're fitting um are they standalone stories or is it one you know extended adventure uh, for a start? Yeah, that, that, that's a really good question. And depending on who you're talking to me or Dave, you might get a different answer because. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so used to the anthology way of thinking that I keep trying to say, Dave, you know, I'm used to uh, big breaks between productions. I'm like, we should make this as, you know, self-contained as you can in case someone doesn't come back for the next issue or someone misses an issue. Uh, and Dave's like, no, we got to try and emulate more, you know, the traditional publisher and start world building. So I think what we would like to do is the kind of phantom style and motive, everything that we've kind of established with phantom and Scarlet Sapphire, 
I think that's going to be very much the template for the kind of phantom interpretation we're offering. And because our contract is for Ireland and the UK, the way I'm seeing it is you have, you know, your version of the phantom in Scandinavia, you have it in Germany and you have it like in Australia. For us, this is going to be our interpretation of the character here in Ireland and the UK. So, again, some elements might be familiar, some we might slightly tweak, for example. I don't think we're going to... I think, like, Diana and Kit, I believe, in our continent, in my own mind, anyway, unless we address otherwise, are going to be married, but we won't have the twins, for example, present in our mm. stories. Yep. Okay, yep. Um, yep. And I think also the likes of Diana's role, I, I think um, Stephen referred to her as a senator for the UN. Yes. Um, so I think that, again, just little, little minor tricks, nothing too drastic, but just something just so we can make it slightly different. And again, we're keeping it loose so that if, if fans want to incorporate it into the into their own continuity, into their own canon, they can. Yeah. Um, but if they want to read it as separate, then we'll, we'll have enough that they can do that also. So very much the world that you've seen, the Phantom um, and Scarlet Sapphire, is very much going to be the same world that's going to continue on. And I believe we will have a thread, a spine running through the um, the four issues that it will be connected. Now, how latent the connection that might be um, will depend on the overall team because you will have a different artist, a different writer every issue. Yeah. But um, let's just say I very deliberately um, not played around with the Sing Brotherhood. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm saying because if we're going to introduce them and we should do it in a really big way, or maybe we already have. Yeah, and, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's going to come, you know, to be revealed. Because again, I think, particularly with Scarlet Sapphire, the approach I've been making with it has been, again, cinematic, you know, yeah. and having that yeah. kind of, you know, that build up. So let's just say, if you even reading Scarlet Sapphire, you know, you can go back and read, and there's a lot there that we can still mine across, you know, a couple of issues. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, uh, sure. interpretation of Diana, particularly what Stephen Mooney did, the character, I, and um, Rob Carey's illustrations, I think we really gave a really strong interpretation of Diana as well, that's going to come, yes. you know, feature more and more in future issues as well, so. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. So, you you made mention that it's going to be distributed to the UK and Ireland, which you said mm-hmm. that's what your licence includes. Yeah. Um, so for the average fan who doesn't live in the UK and Ireland, like let's just say you're in Australia or the UK or even India yeah. or something like that, yeah. Um, will that will they be available via say something like Phantom's Vault or would they be um or would we have to contact like Big Bang Comics over in uh, Ireland? Well, so here's what we're going to do now at the moment is. Uh, if people want to order directly from Ireland, I recommend either Dublin City Comics or Big Bang Comics who have stocked us before, you should be able to order directly to them. But yep. recently what we've also done is, because I, I don't mind posting stuff, it's just that we've had such a bad year of with mm. guys' deliveries, I'm, I'm eager not to repeat uh, <laughs> that. Big gunshot. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's it. But um, essentially, I will always do what I can to accommodate fans the best I can, because we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for them. So whatever we can do, we will do. And again, if everyone um, is going to continue to extend the same level of patience that they have, um, I'm sure we can accommodate. Um, but essentially, with Scarlet Sapphire in particular this year, um, Scarlet Sapphire is going to be our first interna- uh, internationally translated book. 
that Danny Books in Germany have um, oh, wow. got a contract with King Features to um, basically translate Scarlet Sapphire to German for a convention that I think Stephen Mooney's attending. And mm-hmm. so they're going to have copies available at the show and copies to sell, to sell also wholesale. And they've also ordered in a quantity of the English version as well. Um, so, oh, that's exciting. So yeah, what was that really company is, called, Danny? Uh, Danny Books, D-A-N-I, uh, Danny Books. And they're in Germany, and it's part of a convention. And what's really great about that is it's so much easier for us just to email a file over than to you know, mm. post a huge quantity of books that if possible... Um, if we go on and, and produce this content going forward and if there's a publisher or a distributor that would be interested in printing and distributing or maybe an existing publication that might be interested in featuring some of the content, if they want to do that, like I would make that offer available to people. I think that yeah. benefits everyone, you know, because, um, yeah, I, I think that might be a future possibility for us. But if worse comes to worse, and it's uh, like it's just simply you know we shipping over to you know different parts of the world, we know now that it will take you know a good like nearly half a year. So we're <laughs> shipping and distribution. At, at least I know that's the maximum end of what we're looking at. If that's the case, then I will just have you know uh, the book will be released in Ireland and UK. Uh, in 2018 and then we'll say it might be late 2018 maybe 2019 we look at international releases then you know so if there's a slight lag we might look at that you know yeah does that mean that um we might ultimately see um the lightning strike stories actually appear in fruit comics for instance or or egmont well at the moment with regards to Egmont, um, I, I think they were very kind in that they asked for a PDF review copy and they did a little one-page article. Um, and I must actually, I think it's in Sweden, fan, I must post that in our content going forward. Um, so as far as international, that's the only other Phantom international publication that has covered us. But if the others want to do that, I haven't approached either Egmont. I haven't approached View Comics uh, if, if they would be interested as of yet. But, um, you know, it's always something that I might in the future approach after if they're interested, like uh, mm. we'd be very interested in our end and, and it might um, you know, benefit because, again, the artists who will be working on these stories will already be known to these companies. Yeah. So, um, so the style and the quality can be assured with regards to that. Um, so who knows? At the moment, I can't give a definite answer because I haven't entertained it. But in my mind, I'm just thinking, yeah, I can't see why not. Awesome. Well, it certainly gives you another avenue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And it just helps. And it gives us an idea then because of what we need to print and produce. And again, it's all about just contributing to the fandom and so on and so forth. Um, So, yeah, whatever we can do, whatever's best to accommodate the fans, I'm willing to do. Awesome. Awesome. So, Germany's got a a bit of a a good publishing history on on the fandom. So, it's a. Good to see that. Uh, good to see um, uh, it back, the Phantom back in Germany. So that's very exciting, and um, I guess we're going to have to do some bit of googling and try and get in contact with them as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I t- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's um, Danny Books, and I think it's part of a convention. I don't even think it's been officially announced by those guys yet, but um, I'm sure it'll be coming up in the near future anyway. But feel free to you know, spread the news because. Um, it's all signed and ready to go, and the files were sent there literally yesterday. No, on Thursday, I think, and I'm sending more files over to them late in the week. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm just I'm just having a look at them now. They've got um, 
they seem to be doing they seem to do a fair bit of stuff as well so um yeah no that's mm. that's very exciting uh danger girl um garfield ghostbusters yeah x-files Sounds very exciting. So um, we're, we're, we're in good company. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so no, that's um that's very exciting. So um now with with Kid Phantom, so would that be is that still going? You said you're going to be distributing that. So yeah, for so order, yeah, what we're doing is we have a couple of uh, comic shops uh, that stock us here, and we do conventions. So I've um, basically put an order and. Not too significant quantity, but enough to carry over and like stock shelves and be present at a show. Um, so we're going to do it that way and then see what traction we can get with it. And nice. um, I just think it's a good complimentary um, piece to have as well, you know. Mm, um, yeah. so Dave had a great idea and I must approach that. I haven't approached the Kid Phantom guys uh, about it yet, but Dave just floated it to me and saying, like, if we're going to do two page shorts at the end of our book, maybe we should contact like Paul Mason. Uh, so and see if they would do a two-page Kid Phantom short at the end of one of our, our books is a good way of, you know, cross-collaboration, you know. Yeah. So that could be cool. I'm uh, sure they would be very keen to that. They um, uh, <laughs> Both both Andrew, uh, Paul, and even Glenn Ford uh, listen to this podcast and yeah. Dudley, so I'm sure they're, hint, hint. they'll probably, yeah, hint, hint, they'll probably be listening to this and yeah. uh, instant messaging each other straight I, away. I don't know. Paul listens to this at 3am 3 3 while he's working on Kid Phantom, so <laughs> at 3am, at 3.30, 3 he's probably not thinking, you know what, another two pages would be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he would almost be on um, on your time then, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> Um, so no, that sounds like a very good idea. So um, yeah. But um, yeah. So hopefully, um, I just think it's just uh, serendipity that you know, Kid Phantom came out so close to when we were starting our journey with the Phantom as well. And I picked up issue one, uh, which was great. It was so funny because I, when I ordered it on the few website, I noticed they didn't have Ireland as an option. I think I only went to like the United Kingdom. Is that right? So, <laughs> I sent an email and I forget who it was who responded, but they were very accommodating and said they were looking to add an Ireland as an option onto the website. <laughs> it, was just, it, was just like a, it was just like a pet peeve, you know. I was like, I know. <laughs> I have a um, I have a guy who I work with uh, who I work with. He's from Wales, and um, one of the things that we all give him stick about is that. He, he's very proud. He's a very proud Welshman. We just say there's no such thing as Welshman. These are all these are all British. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> you could really get uh, the Irish upset doing that. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I won't say that with you, but um, <laughs> I, I understand that um, that yeah, that it, it can be a bit of a, a sore point being um, painted with just the same in. brush as the uh, as the British. Uh, it's it's just yeah no it's just, it's just, it's just so funny it's just a good bit of banter I wasn't actually I wasn't even sure if I was going to get a response when I sent it but it's just like you know it's just one of those things but it is as we're actually being um, an Irish publisher a comic publisher this is why why the Phantom Project is so unique to us is that particularly with the um, quarterly series this is going to be um, to my knowledge the first ever ongoing license comic book superhero comic produced here in Ireland, you know? I'm pretty oh, sure wow. it's going to be like a like as far mm. as I know like we do have 
um, other Irish comics here, um, like being published, a lot of ongoing content, but like they're all again creator owned indie projects. This will be uh, if we're looking at frequency and if we're looking at like again, we are not the license holder, it's being imported from essentially America, we're importing the license from. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, I think it's definitely going to be one of these kind of like watershed moments for the, um, for the community and the industry here at the minute. So, which is, uh, from a legacy point of view, is, is, is great to have, you know, and it's also, again, one of those characters that everyone, if you have an understanding of just comic books in general, you, you're going to know the character. So, we'll give, but it's also enough room there for us to maneuver and to put our own stamp onto it. So, like, I feel like a lot of the foundation work is already been done for us, and now it's mm. kind of like we're able to make, you know, mold it for the next generation and hopefully, you know, <laughs> not not misstep with the character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you you join you join an elite company in the sense that there's only there's only a handful of countries and publishers that have actually produced own content. Um, so you know, there's there's Simic, Egmont, you guys, uh, Basti, which is in from Germany, uh, Sparta, which was Italian and French. That's the Europe side of things. Uh, you've got Fruit. Uh, in Australia, yeah, but, but but even Fru would have yeah, it's certainly le- single digits, less than ten stories that they've ever produced mm. in then, you know, yeah. seventy years of publishing. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got you know you've got obviously you've got America. There's a couple. Uh, there's you know King Charlton, um, Moonstone, Herms, Dynamite, and then there's then there's the Brazil and oh, Turkey as well. So yeah, so there's. You know, you can almost count them all on two hands, maybe three at the absolute most of of the company that you guys are now joining. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and it's it's a character that's really, um, you know, I'm getting very attached to really grown. And I think it's like it's so a force, like we trying to put ourselves in the the mindset, like thinking uh, as you know, Kit would like figuring out the voice of the character and what direction we're going to take with it. But the more we stay with it, the more that becomes a little clearer, you know, um, just yeah. great. And it was, it was funny. Like, um, I think it was after we did the 80th anniversary and just before we did Scarlet Sapphire on Christmas, I was, uh, dropping heavy hints to my family that I'd love to get, you know, one of the phantom rings. Yeah. <laughs> that I I've there. seen that on the video that we're chatting. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on. Yeah. And then it's, well, it's time to, um, when I was in, um, I used to walk in a hospital for years and there was a guy called Arnold I walked with and his family were from the Philippines and uh, but his family were all silversmiths and what they did was my family then contacted Arnold to contact his family and they made a, a ring for me then with the skull and the phantom mark then for me one Christmas so oh, yeah. every day every meeting everywhere I go now I have the ring on and it's just like it's just that kind of conversations that I don't ever ask and it's just like that's how much you know on the sleeve, as it were, that we wear, you know, the, the Phantom Association with it, and it's great. It's introducing it to people, and you'd be surprised. Once I was, honest to God, the last Dublin Comic Con, I was carrying a load of prints and books down to it, and I was stopping for a taxi, and the taxi driver had me hand out. He saw the ring, and he knew about the Phantom from the newspaper strips, and I remember oh, reading wow. it. And I was like, "Is this such a such a, an Irish taxi man that's talking to me about it? You know, it's such a." Uh, a connection and you never know who you who you meet then along yeah. the way you know um with it and so it's great it's great to be um you know a fan in this kind of community but it's also great to be able to you know generate content and participate mm. with it you know yeah 
absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, um, yeah, very excited. Um, so Alex uh, Saviuk and yeah, and sorry, Alex, I'm probably butchering your name as well. Um, when we get you on the podcast, you can uh, correct us <laughs> on that one. Well, um, we've been butchering it for ninety podcasts. Why would we stop now? <laughs> <laughs> We're um we're we're quite known for butchering um uh, people's names and pronunciations, so um yeah, sorry about that. So uh, why Alex? I can understand well, actually, why because you know we all love his work, but you know <laughs> what made you uh, approach him? It was really interesting. Um, so what happened was we're still finalising stuff for Alex uh, as well, but he, he said he seems very eager with it, and we've just, we've done the initial business talk out of the way as well. So it's very much just about um, finalising things. But it was at the end of I think it was Scarlet Sapphire. Alex actually found myself on Facebook All and right, dropped me a message, and I was speaking with him. And then um, like I was like I, f- I feel like I've like I know something that Alex has done as well. And then I realised how. Holy Moses, I, I knew so much that he actually had had done. And I, like, I have some of his artwork like in stories I would have collected. Um, so I said and I said to myself, a lot of people at Scarlet Sapphire came more aware of Lightning Strike and what we were doing, but we weren't in a position because we didn't have any additional contracts to offer anything else to people. So all I had could say to people was, if something comes up, you know, I'll let you know, which is always... It always sounds like you're passing someone off, but genuinely we didn't have a contract, and I didn't want to misstep by promising people that we, I couldn't back up. Yeah. Um, so the first opportunity then that I had to contact Alex on something, I did, you know, and it was, um, uh, yeah, and this like I think it's a really good decision, and we're really excited um, to, you know, uh, you know, touch base with him once more and get the ball rolling and mm. um, see what we can do with it, you know. He's a great so, yeah, guy. He really is. Like, and anything I've, any conversations that we've been having, he's so cordial, respectful. You know, he's, he's someone mm. I'm really looking forward to working with. You know, um, mm. and again, I've been very blessed as well with everyone I've been working with from the 80th anniversary all the way up. Like um, Stephen Mooney is again such an accommodating, respectful, thoughtful creator. You know, it's uh, like there's a reason why he's so good at what he does. And again, Robert Carey, you know, another a stand-up guy as well. And of course, Trina Farrell, who Again, because there were certain like circumstances and difficulties in, in the production, uh, a couple of stages, but, but each, uh, all three, you know, of the Crave and Robin as well, of course, and Lera, like all, all four of these folks really just, hmm. um, you know, great and putting it together, so professional, and that makes it so much more the experience of, of producing this, these stories so much, you know, more enjoyable. So lining up a whole new creative team. I know I've known, I've worked briefly with Mike before on Sherlock and I've met him at a few conventions. Um, so as long as his schedule and everything permits and we can continue on and include him in the project, that'd be super. And mm-hmm. Alex, again, is just someone who, you know, I think since I would have been in primary school, I would have been reading probably his, you know, Spider-Man strips in the papers and stuff. So again, yeah. it's great to, I can't believe someone who is literally, you know, working on Stan Lee's scripts who I think writes the Sunday strips, you know, is gonna be working on a story with us. It's just, you know, yeah. very, you know, <laughs> you pinch well, yourself. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, that's it, you know, it's like uh didn't didn't see this one coming, you know. Um, <laughs> but it but it's great. And again it stands for as well just, you know, the direction the company's going and hopefully I think we have the longevity behind us, but now it's just about, you know, the stability and if we can get mm. that then, you know, I think it's uh it's gonna be an exciting future. Well I think that uh, 
people, what oh, people would be seeing when they come along is 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 that you guys do produce a quality product, and and we may not have seen you know a great ream of phantom stuff so far, but like the 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 tales of the ghost who walks the the 80th special as an anthology works works really well, and I commented at the time when we did the review on the podcast that the the way that you know David Williams's uh, introduction brought up stuff there that I hadn't thought about before, and I've been a fan all my life. And the anthology, you know, it jumps around, but it ties together, and then the last story brings the whole thing to a circle. So, you know, there's a lot of thought goes behind it. And Scarlet Sapphire, for people who haven't seen it yet, um, it is really good quality, and the and the artwork is is magnificent. And the there's you've said cinematic. There's there's lots of um, elements to that 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 just make it a, a beauty to read. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the sort of thing that you know. If if, if established artists are seeing that, they're going to go. Well, you know what? This this might be a little company, but they know what they're doing, and and they've got um, their hearts in the right place, and all the rest of it. So um, it's not a surprise to me that you, that you should find that these guys want to get in touch and, and work with you. Just going back to Alex, um, he. Just so you're aware, I'm not sure if you are, but he actually uh, drew the um, uh, the Defenders of the Earth comic book series that you would have seen as well. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced. I have to go back now. I have it in all my Phantom stuff is in a designated, um, uh, I think it's like a collector's box. I have these, re- my, my father one Christmas came home with a, a hamper he got and it looks like an old pirate chest of drawers. So I'm putting all my Phantom stuff into this old chest that really adds atmosphere to it. But I go back and see if, if I have Alex's uh, illustrations on it, so I'm convinced I have, but it's been a while since I've dug them out, so I've got to go and dig them back out now and just double-check that. Because <laughs> uh, it's going to be really awkward. Next time, if I physically meet Alex now, I'm just going to be coming with a ream of stuff on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He would do it for you as well. He's, um, oh, yeah, he's, he's that type chance, of... Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a gr- he's a great guy. Um so do you do you what, think that um, you said that you know, those first two stories sort of lined up? Do you think that you'd continue to look for established Phantom artists, or or, or back to perhaps artists who haven't worked with the Phantom well, for me, as much, or we're not well, familiar with? Exactly. Right. At the moment, I think Stephen Mooney was a great choice as both an yeah. artist and the cover artist because I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of his work. Um, no, not, he would have done stuff. Yeah, no, but I recommend if you haven't, check out Half Past Danger, definitely, which is a creator-owned story with IDW. That would have been the back cover. And when everyone gets a physical copy, he's going to see a back cover as well for Half Past Danger. And that's the, the ad for that story. And I mean, like, he's really into that kind of pulpy kind of action style, which we really think of when we think of the Phantom over here. Um, and again, he wouldn't have been associated with the character, but he really just matched. So for us, ultimately, it doesn't really so much matter, as I've realized, like, it doesn't matter, like, who the person is career level wise or uh, if they've worked with the Phantom before, but it's about a quality, you know, and if you uh, have that quality installed, then we don't care about anything else, then you're, you're good enough for the book. That's that simple. So um, if you have a history with the character, that's obviously going to be a bonus, you know, if you, if you don't, that's perfectly fine. And like, uh, like that's where myself and David will come in and help, you know, guide the creative teams, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, um, the sorry, the other artist you touched base was that Mark Collins who um, uh, he did I think he did the Moonstone story and he also did a cover for the UK uh, Wolf v 
version. Is that the same Mike Collins? I think it could be because I'm not actually familiar. I didn't realize actually Mike mentioned he did Phantom stuff before, but only that he had done it um, for Scandinavia. But I'm not actually sure if he'd done stuff for Moonstone. He could have. Um, but uh, I've got a chat because, guys, I've had conversations I've had with Mike. I've never <laughs> even asked that one. So Moonstone for me, um, I came in a little too late to catch some of the Moonstone mm. stuff. Not much of that has um, made its way over here. So I, I don't think it's the company still. Yeah, around. they're still around. They don't do Phantom stuff. Their Phantom stuff is a lot better than uh, Dynamite's. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then again, it's not really that hard. Um, <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, yeah, so there is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be interested to know if it is the same Mike Collins. I know he's he's done a, um, a cover for the Wolf phantom which was back in the 90s and he also did um uh the uh a moonstone story as well the treasure of bangala so it'll be interesting to know if it's the same one i'd imagine it would be but what i likely do is when we have story content and the creative team solidify what i'll do is i'll do what i did with the 80th anniversary and what i did with scala sapphire is that i usually give a press release and it has a little bio for everyone who works on it yes. so it says here's what the role is and here's what they've done and i think like i very much believe in the complicated as a whole we're at that stage where it's vitally important that the creative teams get like the credit uh, yes. due to them you know that people get recognition so i'm always very clear at um making sure everyone has you know the the recognition and um and again that's a come Gotta give credit. I also gotta say the letter on the series that we have is got a Sapphire, Robin Jones, who um, I hope would be coming over to join us for additional Phantom. I, can almost, I haven't said it to him yet, but I can always guarantee it because he's gave me assurances any future Phantom stuff he's on board. But he is <laughs> such a great letter. If anyone's ever listening and looking for a letter, Robin Jones is this ridiculously good. He's quick and it's just super quality to it. So, yeah. So, so the lettering, Robin Jones. Yeah, he did the. So just, I kind of missed that. So <laughs> yeah, um, James, James he, he's the. <laughs> no, no, he's yeah. the. Uh, he he did the lettering for the 80th. Is that correct? Yeah, he did for the 80th and Scarlet Sapphire. If you you can find him on Twitter at Robin Jones writes, I think it is. Um, but yeah, again, we've been sharing stuff. But he's done all the lettering. Um, and he did the 80th anniversary. I gave him a ridiculous deadline. <laughs> to get it done because we had so many like the 18th anniversary was actually a pretty tight deadline i think we started production at the start of may and we had it ready oh. by august oh wow so and that, i've got to say this yeah okay go on, sorry go ahead say cut you off. oh no i was going to move to a different thing um connected but yeah, go ahead oh i was just going to uh, that sort of brings me to the question about the uh, the scheduling for um, this new series. So you, you're talking about this this mini series that's starting. Um, when do you think it'll be actually published and on shelves and ready for people to buy? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So what way we're looking at now at the moment is we're thinking quarterly. So we have four across the twelve months. Um, and ideally, what we sh- would have liked to be in the position was to have some of this stuff already started um, before January came. Now we're entering into February. Mm. But the next big show that we have probably lined up would be Dublin Comic Con are doing two shows. Um, they're mm. doing an anime edition in March and then they're doing the big one in August. So definitely by August, we're going to have one, if not two, because we can mm. start production on two books simultaneously because we have multiple creative teams. Yeah, so we and we're not start tired up as well. Yeah. yeah, essentially that's it. Uh, the only issue that faces us is that's just 
to the business side of things of you know the financial perspective but we ideally <laughs> like you know financing one but getting it out and then getting the money coming in for that before we start the second one and you don't want to leave people hanging around our back end takes that as a freelancer i know this is a pain but um if we can get as much started as we can um we can start staggering it out then and uh you know try and hit the main beat so i would say definitely uh by march we should probably have the kid kid phantom books all sorted out and if we have that then i probably have preview artwork might even do a preview booklet for what's coming and patch get it and then so by march i'd say you can expect to see content coming as well uh, as far as slappy they say maybe a month and a half as far as you can start seeing some kind of content being a news generating and from there we'll have a clear idea the schedule based on everyone's you know um own personal deadlines and we figure it out and again i don't think we'll only get that kind of you know uh every you know three months kind of scheduling that would be ideal for like a yeah. quarterly but what we will definitely get is we will get a nice frequency too and we find our pace and again it's definitely our first time doing it uh, this kind of frequency output so i expect you know again the learning experience the learning curve but um i'm pretty certain we're gonna you know we haven't missed a deadline with regards to launch of production yet in all of lightning strikes history so whatever date we do commit to uh, I guarantee you it's, it's going to happen, you know? You'll get there. Awesome. <laughs> no worries. And so what we'll do is use will keep us in touch with what's coming out. We'll get David back on the podcast close mm. to the date. Um, might have to chase up um, a couple of the artists for a uh, bit of podcast uh, love as well So and the writers and that. So, um, yeah, looking Definitely. forward to it. Yeah, now, have you got any? Sorry, have you got uh, any more questions or anything about there? Um, about the new stuff, Dan? Because I wouldn't no. mind actually talking about the actual other two comics they have produced. Um, oh, oh, there's just so much to process there. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we, I'm certainly as we edit this, we'll go back and take some some notes and and do some written articles for people to read as well hmm. um, about the particularly this mini series that. Uh, that's coming. Uh, it's going to be very exciting for for all fans um, to see some new content, and and uh, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, within the world you, you're talking about, but but uh, some tweaks without the twins and um, those sorts of things. You know, what's an Irish spin? What's an Irish phantom look like? It'll be purple, though, won't it? He's not going to be a green phantom. Just I was so out. tempted to make a camouflage costume that I'm. <laughs> I, I'm just, even if we don't make, even if we don't make it a full costume, we have gotta like put them in some kind of green at some stage, you know. We, we just gotta do it. <laughs> you, you, you might just have to do a, a variant cover with um, uh, dressed up as a leprechaun or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah. your, um, just for your comic con or something. Everyone else does variant covers. Yeah, everyone else does variant covers. So you know. Um, he was green in, well, he's khaki, so, um, in, uh, New Zealand for a little while, so. Oh, that's generous. <laughs> he's, he's baby poo brown is what he is in New Zealand. <laughs> so, baby, yeah. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon you gotta come up with a variant cover of different green for, uh, St. Patrick's. I think that is a must. Yeah, that'd be in. That'd be in March as well, so March, April. Yeah, we'll see what happened there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I reckon good. there'll be a lot of Australians that will be interested in one as well. So, um, so yeah, so yeah. 
the good thing about us, a lot of Australian collectors is that we, uh, there's a lot of completists. So, um, <laughs> they have to get a bit of everything. So, um, yeah. So, I got you. yeah, awesome. Um, so, yeah, was there anything that you've missed that you want to talk about the new story or do you want to talk about uh, quickly the other stories? Um, from my point of view, at the moment, that's what we have with regards to new content at the moment. And um, I, I'll just say this now, if anyone's following us online, they might be thinking, man, these guys are very quiet online. Um, what's happening? I just want to say, like, my stance has always been like, empty vessels make the most noise you know yeah. uh, so we're, we're, we've been solely stockpiling because as i said we've dropped quite a bit in this interview and yeah. what happens is i'm gathering all this up myself and dave are always engaged in like almost weekly meetings now discussing what we're going to do how we're going to approach this my end of things is usually from the business perspective so i gotta put together a decent budget and you know deadline and make sure no one's like killing themselves to workload and then once we have everything behind the scenes i'll done and dusted and lined up it should work like a well-eyed machine and then we're going to start putting out more content and we be as i said you've seen behind the scenes content we might run some internal interviews as well we liaise with you guys of course as well yeah and and, uh, we get like more and more content as far as i'm saying we see you as like official media partners almost we always credit (laughs) a lot of the books that we do you know so we'll uh We'll um, send news via you guys as well. And we're looking at revamping the website, the Lightning Strike website. And essentially what it's going to be is like a landing page. And it's going to redirect you to, you know, like our Instagram or Facebook and stuff because there's not much for an elaborate, you know, uh, uh, website because we can do a lot of that in the social media now where everyone is. So there's no point trying to migrate everyone off social media onto our website. But it's important still to have the domain name and stuff. Um, and so at the moment, that's where we are now with regards to the um, the new series. And if anything, like again, it's very much still in flux with regards to people and timeline deadlines. But that's what we have lined up now. And we will, um, once the dust settles on it and we have a final team, we'll, we'll let you guys know. But we still have, we have the contract, we have the script, we have the idea and we have the year to produce it in um so just expect you know this year to be definitely you know an even bigger phantom year for ireland and for lightning strike and then um, yeah thanks for being on the journey and let's uh, see see what goes on from here no fantastic well, we'll include all of those social media um and your website links in the in the post that we put up with this um, we haven't said but we do appreciate you uh throwing chroniclechamber.com in on the um the thanks on the inside of uh the Scarlet Sapphire book, which people will see when it gets to Australia. Um, that, that was pretty cool. I think it's the first time we've ever been officially uh, um, <laughs> printed in, in, a, in, a, in a comic. So um, official media partners or no, for a bunch of guys who are just um, enjoying themselves talking Phantom, uh, that's pretty cool for us. So, yes. uh, yeah. uh, oh, uh, just real quick, I just got to go get a plug to plug this gizmo in. Looks like I'm about to run out on power. I'll just be two seconds. <laughs> All right. No, All no problem, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the first time this has happened. No. <laughs> Shout out to Glenn. Yes, well, that one still, that's in, that's almost in legend, just like uh, Steve missing out. Um, what are some well, other legends? Uh, podcast legend, uh, Glenn's battery running out. What other ones come to mind for you, Dan? Um, well, episode 73, obviously, which at some point will... Um Yes. You know, we'll be able to dredge back up. <laughs> Missing uh, podcast. <laughs> my daughter uh, making guest introductions. Yes, yes, regularly. Yes. <laughs> I 
I think I've heard her at least once tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was probably my wife telling her to get back in bed. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, we were just well, saying while you were gone, it's, that's impressive because last time we spoke to a publisher, uh, the battery ran out and he just disappeared. So, uh, <laughs> hello, Glenn, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, so, so, now, for those who are listening and they're not driving to work or doing anything dangerous like driving a truck, shout out to Callum, um, and they've got the Dublin comic in front of them, um, which I've got mine. Have you got yours, Dan? Yeah, it's sitting there. Yeah. The 80th? Yeah, you got your 80th? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So did you did you get one or two, Dan? Uh, I only got the one. I, um, I'm only a teacher, mate. I don't have the big dollars like you. Mate, teachers <laughs> earn lots of money over in Australia. <laughs> they don't do much work either. Um, <laughs> so... I just wanted to flick through some of these um, some of those stories we've got you and, and stuff like that because I, I must admit I was very impressed with with this with the the ADF special. Really like the front cover. Um, it's got that eerie crypt like look, which you know to me shows that you've got an understanding that there's the legacy of the Twenty One Phantoms um, and stuff like about- that. That, that call was interesting how it came about. Um, originally, it was Basil Lim who originally, um, he got, he was a lecturer here on Pulse as well, and he wanted to participate, but he'd never, he's usually from a video game background, but he hadn't done anything in comic books, so this was his first comic book background. Oh, right. And John, o, John O'Reilly, who um, had uh, written a couple of stories in that as well, he was actually one of my students, um, he oh. came up with the idea for that cover. And I was joking because I think you guys said it. Um, it might have been one of you guys. Uh, could have been Stephen was saying it's like the best cover of the year or something at the time. And I said it to um, to Baz, and, and he's been bothering me since to say you must get that in writing from those guys. So I just hang it up on the wall. Best cover. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, I, I think that was me, and it was um, best oh, international yeah. cover. <laughs> no, I'll one. claim it. <laughs> No, it was the best international cover of 2016, I'd said. Um, Baz yeah. is very appreciative. I must make sure he'll, uh, he signs the, the copy for you then, for the cover <laughs> copy for you. Then. Good stuff. Um, You're a suck-up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know at the time. <laughs> who knows? Who knew that people actually listen to us, Jim? <laughs> yeah, that's it, eh? Um, but, yeah, no... One of the things that, that, that grabbed me about the interior stories is that these were very good. Um, well, I'm thinking about the first one, like the Magician's Horde, and then there was even another one as well. Um, On the Phantom's Trail? Uh, no, there was... Trouble I see. Oh, sorry, I can't even think of it now. Um, but like, you did what you did very well was compact a lot of story inside little panels mm-hmm. and um yeah i was impressed with that because like especially that first story was quite in depth because it goes from you know uh it goes from a ship to you know to a place you know um to a yeah. you know to the ship and then he goes back to the island and, yeah, and that, that story is written by yeah. sean hill and he very much, he's an author and a good friend of mine based in Dublin. And he's, you know, a big horror writer. He's very much into H.P. Lovecraft kind of stuff. <coughs> and so when I, when I speak, talking to him about the Phantom, he really liked 
the way we approach supernatural elements with the phantom is that you know it can be employed but never directly just out directly yeah. just give magic an essay into it because i think that works better with the character so um with sean's work there he did like he had a really dense but well thought out story and then i think it was keen tommy then who was a really good artist and again um wasn't officially published by any major publisher at the time um so he's still eligible for the little uh, out call we went to um he really uh you know, was able to take that kind of you know dense script and and make it work. And of course, you had Chris O'Hanlon who coloured it, um, and he's he's since done some like colouring work for Marvel and the like. So, um, yeah, no, I was really really fortunate in um in that story, and I, and they played it really well. And the pacing, the guys, I think it was just the perfect blend of the the artist and the writer getting together and just getting the pacing right. Because what we did was the first day. And if you go back on our Facebook page, you probably see like a, a team photo of everyone who worked in the story. Yeah. We had a, mm. we had a group. Pulse College was great for facilitating meetings, and we got the whole group together. And I divide, I got everyone to submit work, paired them together in teams based on the submissions, and then in in that first day, got everyone to exchange contact information and discuss with each other um, what they were going to do. And I think that really helped with regards to pacing and stuff, which which was you know great. Mm. So, um. So yeah, no, the Magician's Horde was a really strong start, and um, I think after that, then we had on the Phantom's Trail, and that was just a really good. I think if Derek Kyo, who uh, who wrote the story, I think he really struck a real classic kind of Phantom kind of tone yeah. with that story. Yeah, and the art was very good for like the um, the period as well. Um, it's a very yeah. it's a very deep story, very in depth story. It, it almost reads as a uh, it almost reads as a prose where there's a lot in a prose story if you know what, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, because I think I think it's good we, we got both the the artists and the writers really got that chance to shine. Um, you know, in this book it really came along quite well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even um. Right, even the like the little four little panel, the um the pirates of the ether, I thought was was kind of it's kind of funny and unique and almost up to date where you've kind of got the phantom taking on a different type of pirate. So I thought you know I, I enjoyed that one as well. Oh uh, yeah, that that was great. That was by uh, Roshin and um, she was one of the animation students at the time. And what was great was I never copped on that she had put the, uh, the chain on the Skulltron yeah. in mm. and I was like that's the first shot we had of the Skulltron and it wasn't until afterwards that I realised the significance of it and I was like that was actually a really good catch so the guys really did the reference you know um, material was mm. quite strong in it because again it, it's it's leading back to the um, uh, you know to the origin to the heritage of the character yeah as well. the chain of patience yeah very much so yeah. is that the sort of story you said before about the little um, two-page um, snippets that you'll be putting at the end of the, the miniseries books? Is that the sort of story that you think that you'll you'll put there, something which looks at the Phantom in another light? Yeah, pretty much. As you can see, the 18th anniversary had different styles, different story, and uh, I think, imagine if we took a two-pager from that and we put it in the end of the story, I think it would work. So I was even speaking yeah. with Sean, who wrote The Magician's Heart, if he'd be interested in doing that two-pager. And what I think was great was the narrative device that we did for Sean's story was we had an extract from 
one of the Phantoms Chronicles. Journal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if we have like from the Phantoms Journal, from, from the Chronicles, like I think if we do that open scroll for each of the two pages, that would be great because we give you, we can enter then mid-action, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can have the backstory without having to um, see you are time-sensitive or space-sensitive. Exactly. So it could be in that if we have like four issues planned for 2018 and two page shorts, that means we will have eight stories for 2018 when all said and done, you know, which brings us up to about 16 stories when you count all the short stories you've done yeah, together, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's, uh, no. <laughs> You'll be racing past through. <laughs> Dave's very eager for doing like a, a collected edition of the stories into like a, a trade format. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think definitely um, we, like it's w- it wants some consideration and what if we were to do that we might look at maybe if King allow it maybe some kind of a Kickstarter or something um, but I, I think it would make for a really good trade you know yeah yeah, yeah. And the, 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 the inside rear cover points out that all of the, the proceeds from the book were donated to the Temple Street Hospital um, oh, particularly yeah. yeah so that, that's that really is good. Not that's just something that's that important itchy. to you, that sort of uh, philanthropic being able to give back? Yeah, that's exactly, because it's a funny, good time to remind me, because literally I got the email yesterday, in Temple Street the proceeds went to the neuro and renal department, and they just opened that department, uh, oh, wow. department yesterday, so the money went through. Uh, I'm not sure if I put the photo up or not, but we did one of those big cheesy giant check handovers to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, we um yeah and that the money from Sherlock also went to the hospital as well and yeah no it was a good cause because essentially what happened was John I think it was the first or second Dublin Comic Con I was giving the guys a hand in the office and I was answering calls and we got a lot of messages from you know it was heartbreaking stuff about kids who really want to go to Comic Con but they couldn't get tickets or you know there was a sickness or an illness involved and I was like I really wish I could help you but we just couldn't facilitate in some cases. And so when I had the chance to get something like Sherlock or something like Phantom, I was like, well, you know, why we've been lucky enough, you know, to have this opportunity as a business to do this. Let's, you know, share with this. So for the kids who couldn't make it and to the kind of, like the sick kids, we made sure they benefit from Dublin Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So we left some copies for the for the hospitals to pass on to the kids. And we also... Um, donate the proceeds then which have gone on to do some great work since I think all said and done we must have raised for I think the three hospitals we must have raised over you know about two and a half K or so in oh, wow, wow. which you know um, which, is, which is great you know and what happens is all the children's departments are here now I think they're building the children's hospital so eventually all three hospitals all the funds will all consolidate into the one hospital eventually um, unfortunately, from a business perspective, we weren't able to participate in any kind of philanthropic endeavor uh, in 2017. But um, I would like, we might figure something out then for 2018 and see if we can go back, even if it's like we designate a small portion of sales from one of our major events. Um, but wherever we can help, we love to. And I think that's great as well. Like when you have the chance to work on a superhero, um, yeah. particularly like Phantom, you know, to actually have them see the character have a real life effect for positive yeah. change yeah. on the real world that, that's, I think that's a very powerful thing to be able yeah. to do you know yes. great I'm not sure if you're aware Owen uh, the, um, the Lee Fork dinner that is, is held in Sydney every year um, the, the whole purpose of that you know it's all these fan and fans get together and 
Um, they raise funds for a children's hospital down here in Sydney as well. So, oh, super. Uh, so it's it's really cool. That they, again, again, we're talking about um, Ireland and Australia being cousins and, and being on the same wavelength. It's, it's really apparent, you know, time after yeah. time. That's yeah. it, yeah. I, I was even saying today, like, I love, we went to New York um, basically as a networking endeavor for the last couple of years, but for, um, we, we would love to go to the big Australian show, because I remember seeing you guys being really envious when you're in the Australia Comic Con, <laughs> I think it's the Super Comic Con, is it? Uh, so Supernova. Supernova, yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'd love to see if, if possible if we can maybe get a, a presence down there, just visit ourselves when the, when the years um, down and connect with, like, again. Um, which is the evident fan base for Phantom that's down there, you know? Yeah, well, cool. you're more than welcome, Matt. Um, so, yeah, so just um, with the, the the main, well, I don't know if you call her the main villain or not, but the... Oh, um, in Scarlet yeah, Sapphire. In yes, Scarlet Sapphire. Does she, does she, is she going to make a, a return? Yeah, so this is something now I have to discuss further with Stephen Mooney, who wrote, uh, basically created Scarlet Sapphire, and of course, Robert Carey, who designed us, so they're both co-creators. Um, I had a really cool idea for what we do, because originally, the character in the script is called Scarlet Sapphire, as is essentially what is the, the blood diamond of what's being used in the story. Mm. And what was great was, originally we had an idea for... Um, it wasn't going to be Blood Diamond, it was going to be a drug called Red Lotus. And King Features requested that we wouldn't use um, narcotics. And I said, okay. Um, and we also had an original version of the script. We had included the twins, and they requested that we wouldn't. So um, I said, okay with that then. So okay. I suppose the twins, are, it's kind of like, what you call it, Scrodinger's cat, they, they may or may not exist in our continuity, but at the moment <laughs> they requested that we, we won't, you know, um, include them in, into our, you know, uh, into our story, so we haven't. So, also, I had printed a previous story that Cormac Hughes, who wrote, who illustrated the recap of the Phantom's origin in the inside cover, he had walked it down our tool, and I was writing on a story for, was actually Lightning Strike Anthology as well, called Red Lotus. Um... So we had already used another property that name. So, but once King Features said, you know, don't do it, we swapped it to Scarlet Sapphire. And I think the intention was that the the, uh, the mysterious, you know, bodyguard slash villainess of the story um, was also by that name, Scarlet Sapphire. But it's never directly said on screen, so it's basically right. unknown. Now we do have plans. I have a particular interesting plan for that character um, that I would like to explore. Um, so I won't say anything now because, you know, spoilers in case we do do it, but that would only be if we get the blessing and consent and permission of Stephen and Robert, who co-created her. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, because um, I enjoyed, like, she, yeah, she was intriguing and uh, a good um, uh, villain for the Phantom yeah. to come up it's against. Aesthetically again. and... Definitely aesthetically and certainly from a characterization point of view, she's she has the potential to be a more complex kind of um, villain yeah. uh, for the Phantom. And also, even the the story revolving around the Baron, um, that again was also a, you know, I think we definitely have crafted a more complex kind of narrative. It's not like black and white kind of villainy that we have going on here. Mm. It's 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 much more... 
certain areas of you know, expectation and politics and high intrigue and you know the, the events how Mukambi is being you know altering you know the the red tape and the white collar crimes in, in, in Bangala like Stephen really crafted this really sophisticated story that you know the phantom you wouldn't think of uh, like this kind of you know level of political corruption when it comes to the character um, but again, this again laid the playing field for Diana and her UN role to have, you know, uh, more involvement in the story as well. And so, it, again, it, we, it helped to modernize the character in a way without having to change anything aesthetically or to, you know, um, in, include any kind of new hardware or software with, with the character. You know, it was very much still the classic Phantom. It's just the situation you put him in, which we, I felt was really ingenious uh, on the part of the creative team and Spyroom because it's proven that the character is still relevant um, yes. in modern, you know, storytelling. Like, it, it, we didn't have to... Alt- no, in some cases of updating the fandom, people, like, give them, you know, Kevlar, give them, you know, um, this mm. digital apparatus, which this, we managed to have him in, like, a really interesting, you know, political, corrupt... You know, and really highlight, you know, some reality of some serious crimes like Blood Diamonds without having um, to change either character's, you know, either character's persona or, you know, appearance, which is, you know, super. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating insight into, um, you know, the, the amount of thought that goes into the story and, uh, you know, Fingers crossed uh, where it could go One next. One character, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting into more of the um, other villains and, and back characters um, for the Phantom. And uh, But why don't you do it? If it's a familiar enough character, you can guarantee that if we're going to introduce them, it's going to be in a big way, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. So you are thinking about some, some more familiar character, uh, villains in, in these stories coming up? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I think I was either saying just really recording off. Like definitely, we will hopefully do something with the Sing Pirates, the Sing yeah, yeah. Brotherhood. But how we're gonna do it? It's definitely not gonna be just you know something that happens. It's gonna be something that's gonna happen and have consequence and have weight behind it. And yeah. um, it was funny. I, I tell you this. This isn't much in the way of a spoiler, but myself and Dave, when we were in New York last October, we went up and we went to. I think it was. Ripley's Believe It or Not in Times Square. And we went yep. in and we seen this giant jade ship, like this huge elaborate ship. Um, and I was just, I was, we just looked at each other and we're like, that would make for one badass, you know, pirate ship. And we were just like, <laughs> so suddenly that has us thinking and, 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 and some ideas and what we would do if we were to introduce the thing. And, um, and definitely, um, I, you know, it's one to, um, I think Carl Rowe, um, illustrated John O'Reilly's Trouble at Sea story in the 80th anniversary and really yeah. got a good aesthetic for the Phantom mm. for that one. I think he was meant for, we didn't, it's not addressed on it but I think it's very much meant to be the 13th Phantom at the very end. I think that's his interpretation of that character but um, okay. but, uh, but yeah no, it's um, the, the aesthetic of that, like something like that um, that's the only time I think we hinted at the same Brotherhood and so mm. Definitely, if we're going to revisit, we're going to go back in a huge way, you know? Mm, awesome. Awesome. Well, mm. yeah, well. a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff for everyone in process. Yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully, all good, and hopefully, we can all, um, you know, 
we're gonna deliver um, some good stuff for you know you guys and the readers and you know um, it's exciting times ahead. You know we're really buzzing. The more we mm. talk about, the more we um, visualize what we're gonna do with it. You know the more excited we get um, with the character, and it's great to finally you know have you know, have this association with such a rich character and with such a rich heritage as well. Yeah, no, it's um, it's I've really enjoyed uh, chatting with you, talking, learning about it, getting excited. Um, yeah, you're, you're not a little indie publisher anymore, buddy. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it. That's it. Appreciate that. And um, yeah, thank you again. Um, because I know we've been trying this for a long, long time, trying to uh, sync up. <laughs> we have to been have talking about it for a while. Well, we actually um, sent Joe over to the UK so that he was on the time, same time frame and uh, thought that might help, but no. Uh, that, Joe had <laughs> other priorities. He got a, he? Himself a girlfriend and just gave up. Uh, now, <laughs> I sure we, we can forgive him for that stuff. So. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, but for definitely, as I said, hopefully next time, um, watch out for announcements and for those listening, any official announcements you make will run past you guys as well to share um, with the fans of in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully next time you call over, um, it'd be with David Williams and he'd be able to talk about the actual creative process, the ideas we have behind it. Because for me, as much as I do get involved with like story ideas and, you know, Point to get some creative teams. I'm very much the, the business end of things of well, yeah. the boring paperwork and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so Dave, Dave, be able to come in and contribute more. Although I am tempted to do one to two page shorts myself just to exercise now, you know, creative muscle and just yeah, have yeah. my story um, contribute contribution. But but definitely, um, hopefully next time you guys be able to speak with Dave and he'd be able to um, fill you guys on on some more, you know. Concrete plans and uh, final deadlines. Yeah, well, look, it's been anything but boring and business-like tonight, um, <laughs> Owen. It's, uh, you, you're very well informed. You know what you're talking about, and it, it's fascinating to talk to you. So, uh, once again, really appreciate you uh, touching base with us and and uh, always being in contact. It's it's been fantastic, and uh, yeah, I hope people get a lot out of this, and and we really look forward to seeing what you produce going forward. Thank you very much for your time sure. today. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you. All right, good on you. So, yeah. Well, Dan, what do you think about that, mate? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's exciting for you know, for the Phantom to be having more of a world presence. Like we know the Phantom's got a great presence in, um, you know, in Australia, in Scandinavia, like Sweden and Norway. But to be able to come come back in you know, in the UK, Ireland, which, you know, it's been the mid-90s since they've last published The Phantom uh, with Wolf. And then even, you know, with what we learned tonight about how, you know, the German the German publisher, Danny Books, are, are looking to, you know, yeah. looking to publish it as well. Um, it's it's good to see, the you know, The Phantom making a, a world um, comeback in a sense. Yeah, yeah, and I'd I'll be really interested to. It it sounds like they're on the the ground floor in terms of some sort of collaboration between Fru and Lightning Strike. Um, you know, yeah. hearing hearing that the uh, didn't didn't quite know whether the sending Kid Fandom over is through Fandom's Vault and Renee or Fru and 
you know, Renee. <laughs> so I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, um, I think it might just be that they send them a box and then when they're at all the conventions, yeah. they have some of the posters and the comics for people to buy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's what it'll be. And to be honest, it's probably a good way of doing it because it's kind of like what doesn't sell, they can kind of, you know, shit back or or whatever, and then maybe even put them in some of the uh, the comics comic stores over there as well. So I think it's actually, I think it's a great idea. Oh, look, I reckon if it can become a two-way street and whether, you know, um, I sort of asked and, and Owen, you know, hadn't really, if through start picking up, you know, Scarlet Sapphire might appear in a through comic at one stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to have even... even uh, the Lightning Strike book, when it comes to Australia through Phantom's Fault, it's not going to have a wide distribution, but um, it, it, that'll yeah. be mostly amongst Phantom fans who know about Phantom's Fault. It'd be interesting to see how it was received in a, in a fruit comic that went to the masses, so to speak. Yeah, and I guess the, the beauty that I like, the direction I like about the exciting news about them doing a mini-series is the fact that they've got established Phantom artists like you know, so, Alex, yep. uh, even Mike, he's a fairly big name as well. And then they've got the the local talent coming through and doing yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. I think it will, it, you know, it's a good way of doing it because they're, you know, fans will pick it up because, one, it's Phantom, but also because they know some of the people involved, but then also you're going to get other people that are going to pick it up because, you know, it's done by Alex and, mm. and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, no, very encouraged by it. Um, I think, I think it went a little bit longer than the, than I, than I expected the podcast. Um, well, I actually thought we wrapped it up about two thirds of the way through and then you mm-hmm. threw, uh, <laughs> threw a grenade in and we kept going. So <laughs> yeah, that, that tends yeah. to happen. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, one thing that I've found really interesting, and it's, a, it's an interesting little red herring, or, or I don't know, maybe a red herring, a little a little thing that piqued my interest was um, the, the idea of the twins and um, that in the original books that, it, that they were there, but then King Pictures said no. And that's No, was that the twins, or is that the twins that I thought it was the twins about the, um, I thought the, you know, the bad girl, I thought that, that they were going to do twins for her, and they said no regarding that. So that's what I thought it was. So uh, I, maybe we'll okay, I, I may be wrong. I may have misinterpreted <laughs> that, but I'm not sure why KFS would care whether the villain was twins. Um, so I assumed that was the twins, if you like. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, but I'll have to re-listen to the podcast. We'll have to re-listen to it ourselves, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, it just That's the first time... I think speaking to Owen just now was the first time I've heard much about what King Features have said no to. So it was interesting mm. that they said no to narcotics. I thought that they had said no to don't use the twins in that way. Um, so, you know, it, 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 there's some um, yeah. bit of intrigue Moonstone, there. Moonstone did a lot of drugs and stuff. And uh, I think it was episode 13, 14, um, and throughout some of the uh, the first arc as well. And from memory, it, it got a bit of bad press. A lot of people didn't really like, you know, the design of drug and, and stuff like that. So maybe there was just a bit of a, a bad aftertaste with what happened with mm. Moonstone. Um, mm, so, yeah, I, I wonder if, yeah. Um, but I think I think the Blood Diamonds was probably, is probably a stronger 
stronger uh, storyline because it is, you know, a real problem with, um, um, you know, in Africa and stuff like that. So it's oh, for sure. Problem, oh, look, so, I, I, I think know. both of them. I, it's, I can understand why perhaps um, they don't don't want to dabble into the narcotics idea, mm. but it's every bit as much a... I think a if, you know, if, if we look into a world where the Phantom is real... I'm sure yeah. that he's battling, um, you know, drug gangs and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. So it's a, it's it a legitimate also, story idea to yeah. pursue. It was also done in the second Moonstone uh, annual as well, which was the crossover with Mandrake and Lothar as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it was done a fair few times in Moonstone. Mm. Um, the Blood Diamonds was also done in Moonstone as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. So... Me, personally, if I was to choose between the two, probably the Blood Diamonds is probably a, um, a I don't know, I'll, I'll prefer to read about that than, you know, design a drug by some, you know, mysterious jungle route or something like that. It's a little bit more far-fetched, in my personal opinion. And that's just oh, okay, so, so I didn't go down that path. I, I was thinking poppy fields or... Um... You know, yeah. creating methamphetamines or something like that. So, yeah, uh, and in cool. fact, and in fact, reading Scarlet Sapphire, I actually thought that it was about, and maybe that reflects its origins. Um, I actually thought it was about drugs uh, yeah. for a little while. Um, yeah. Before it, yeah. No, it was a, it was a great interview. Um, yeah. I presented very well. Um, you know, learned a lot about you know the company. Um, mm. Very, very, very uh, upfront about the issues they had as well. So. Um, it was good to, you know, kind of clear the air and, you know, if they're shipping on the, what, on the 5th of February, um, yes. you know, hopefully, you know, Phantom's Vault will get them in a month or two. So, yeah, yeah that's that's exciting. Yeah. No, and look at the original shipment may just turn up one day. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. well, I reckon probably some Australian post Phantom fan has a pocket <laughs> that we might see them on eBay in um, You reckon 20 years, years from now they'll just yeah. be a lot of them. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, look, everything that um, we've heard tonight, we're going to summarise and put in a story on chroniclechamber.com in probably in a week and a half from now when, uh, <laughs> when this is released and, um, you know, when we have the chance to write it. Mm. Uh, for all for all of your news, it's I, I was really stoked to hear that, um, you know, publishers overseas are, are using chroniclechamber.com as, a, as a, a source of reference. So you just, there you go. That's That's how lucky you have it. Um, that we're putting all that stuff up on there. Um, the other web presences we have are, of course, the Reddit message board, which isn't taking off well like we would like. Um, but, uh, look, if you uh, are keen to explore that area, reddit.com slash r slash fans is where you need to go. Leave us a message and we'll talk about some stuff on the podcast. Yeah. E- email is probably um, people's more preferred uh, method, perhaps, uh, chroniclechamber at gmail.com um, or, of course, on Facebook where we will... Um, you know, we share most of the things that Lightning Strike put up when they put them up, um, whether it's through our Phantom fan page or on the Phantom Collected group. Uh, Twitter, at Chronicle Tweets, or Instagram, at Chronicle Chamber. So make sure that you um, are getting across all of those and also subscribing to the podcast on iTunes so that you can keep up with it as irregular it is, <laughs> as it is. Hmm. Uh, so, Jermaine, thank you very much for tonight. It's been really enjoyable talking to you know uh, someone from uh, across the waters and uh, getting that other accent on the podcast. I've enjoyed that, and uh, <laughs> it, it, 
it was uh, good that we didn't uh, have too many language barriers with him. <laughs> no, the one the one question I would have liked to ask them is: he a hurling fan or a Gaelic footy fan? So, um, uh, or yeah. is he more traditional in cricket or uh, soccer, which is um, making a bit of a, a more popular um, uh, kind of uh, sport as well? So it would have been interesting. He might be a more proper traditional nerd and not like sport at all. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Never mind, mate. Uh, always good. Um, yep. My daughter's quiet, so she's either well-behaved or she's asleep or she's shoved in some room somewhere. So I'll uh, <laughs> find out very soon. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Germ, uh, and thank you to everybody for tuning in. Have a great time reading your next Phantom comic, and happy phantoming, everybody. Happy phantoming. Happy phantoming. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy. Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe That this man cannot die The Phantom The ghost who walks The Phantom Enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom He finds you